So I can't, it can't be, uh, it can't be, uh, you know, I mean, it could be random that I was hailing on the way out. I was walking out to give a shear on the Makos. And it was hailing outside. And that was fun. And it was hailing and sunny at the same time. So anyways, we're not going to talk about hail today. Uh, we're talking about something I think we haven't really ever talked about, um, which is uh, the, the relatively, I, I don't know, I'm not like such a philosopher. These things don't bother me so much, but for some people, these, these things really bother them. But this issue bothers a lot of the Rishonim, and that is the issue of Shavani Akshalev Paro, right? That we're going to find that throughout the, throughout the story, from the very first time, actually, that Hashem presents the concept of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to Moshe Rabbeinu. So he tells him, Shavani Akshalev Paro, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harden Paro's heart. And it, and it comes up, oh, I, I only brought you three examples, but it comes up, it's, it's probably said seven or eight or nine different times throughout the story, that Hashem hardens Paro's heart. So look at source number one. This is when he says, time to finally go, right? And so Moshe takes his wife and his children, etc. And then it says, on, their way, on his way back to Mitzrayim, Hashem's talking to him while he's on his way. Don't forget about all the, right, those different signs I gave you, the stick and you know, put your hand in your shirt and all those different things that you're going to show to Paro. I'm going to strengthen his heart. He's not going to send them out. I've made you a, a you know, master over Paro. And he's going to send him out. I'm going to harden his heart. And I'm going to make a lot more of these signs and wonders, etc. I'll give you one more example. Because I have hardened his heart and... Not just his heart, but... And the hearts of all the hearts of all of his servants. So that my signs and wonders can spread out right, all over uh, all over Mitzrayim. Everyone should see them. So when we say the phrase, I actually didn't do this on purpose. We use all three words. Right, not, they're not all the same thing. First points out that each one is a little bit different. It's not all exactly the same thing, but it's the same basic concept. Um, what do we, how do we usually translate that? Harden. Harden. Good. Hashem's going to harden Paro's heart, which means what? It doesn't literally mean make it, make it hard, right? It means something, st- make him stubborn, callous. It's something that Hashem is doing to Paro. Okay. Does that bother anybody? Rona, go ahead. What's it supposed to mean? What's the kasha supposed to be? Good. Right. So the problem that this raises for many, many Rishonim is that's not fair. Um, as bad as Paro is, uh, as bad as Paro is, Paro is a human being, and every human being, we are told, Rabbi Bonham Shalom says, you have a choice. You make choices. Right? You can choose good, you can choose bad, but you can choose. You may, you may suffer the consequences of those choices, but that's, if we can't choose, then what are we doing here? Right? If we're not choosing, then we're just robots. So the idea that Hashem hardens Paro's heart, if it means that he forces him, 
right? That's what we're kind of saying now. So that's very problematic. Uh, sorry, then it, it could be problematic. Fine. What else could it mean, just by the way? Does it have to mean that Hashem is going to force Paro to make certain decisions? Okay, except he is, except ex- he is, but is he controlling your choices? Uh, that's a whole philosophical question. Right, that's the question. But right. it's like if he's creating a situation, like around something, right? Like he's not con- controlling your choices, but it's like the framework, I guess, is created. So you can say it's the same thing. Like he's hardening Paro's heart. Like he gives us all Nisayono. So he's like hardening his heart, but still can power them with stance. He's not taking away his free choice. So that's something very different. Right? So you guys are both saying two very different things, right? So one is, do we, we do assume, the Gemara says, right? everything is Hashem's hands. Hashem, of course Hashem could take away our free will. He's a, he can do whatever he wants. He has the power to do that, right? But the Gemara tells us that he doesn't do that, right? That he takes away, he can do every, he can control everything. And he does control everything except your Shemaim, except our choice of whether we're going to follow him or not. We're going to make decisions. That's not up to Hashem. It, it could be. There's no question that he could, my kids like to do this. Abba, can Hashem make a stone that he can't pick up? Okay, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. Leave me alone. Right? But, 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 so he could take away my free will, right? But he, but he doesn't, right? That's what we assume. That's one of our, right? One of the, one of the foundations of our, of our belief system is that Hashem makes, gives us choices to make. I should have brought from the, the 13, you know, Ikari Munad Ram, but one of them is that we make choices. We get to make choices. So, so that's Rochelle difficult. Rochelle saying it's like a ah. stumbling block, right? It's almost like a stu- like he's putting an asayon, right, for him. It's not he's taking away his free choice. Me- meaning? It's, he, it's, an, it's like you, He can still choose. Right, but it may, Hashem made it harder for him to choose. Ah, so, but so, I have a problem with that, though, because God. really it's not the same as the stumbling block. It's, Hashem's literally doing something to him physically almost, right? No? It's not the same thing. So that's part of the question. I think the way we are taught this when we are younger, right, is that, like children, means Hashem hardens his heart, meaning that power can no longer choose. I think that's how we typically understand. We're going to say that some do say that. That Hashem can no longer choose. However, does it have to mean that? And that's what Rochelle is raising is maybe it doesn't mean that Hashem actually physically, whatever it means, took away the opportunity, the ability for Paro to choose. Maybe it just means that he sets up the atmosphere so that it becomes a lot harder for him. Okay, that's another possibility. For everyone right. here, because he's telling Moshe, go do this, and I'm going to make it really hard for you. Like, every one of these, he's telling Moshe, and I'm going to harden his heart. Right. So you're not going to succeed, but go do it anyway. So make it hard for so Moshe also. Make it hard for Moshe also. <laughs> he's like, okay. It's it hard for everybody. <laughs> right. And he's letting it up, and, he's let, and, he, right, and, and, and Moshe comes back upset, and he's like, I told you. <laughs> I right. told you this is going to happen. Right? And he comes back angry. But he says, I told you this is going to happen, and just wait, you're going to see how this is going to play out. Right. But yes, there, there seems to be, but if you look, fine, so that's another possibility. So Rochelle's idea, so the first possibility is the, the, classic, the classic possibility. Right? The second possibility maybe is what Rochelle said. Maybe it's atmos- you know, a, 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 a creating stumbling blocks, creating nisionos, etc. Um, if you look at the psukim themselves, do you have any hint as to what this might really be about? Well, 
the whole Egypt seeing that God is the only God and the all-powerful, and he needs multiple opportunities to convince everybody of that. How do you know that? Well, it was for Bene Yisrael, really, right? Not for... Well, and them too, but... Um, but how do you know? How do I know that? Yeah, how do you know that? Right, so both two two to the times. Right, he says, he says, um, I'm gonna and I will make a lot of ososumovsim, etc. Meaning, what's the connection to those two things? They can't do it if so presumably it's not it's not just random that those two concepts are placed together in the pasuk, perhaps. Right, that the purpose of the Aniyakshev Zayparo is so that I will be able to. Well, that's what right? I mean, yeah, the next one says Leman. Ah. It literally says Leman. The next one, good. Leman, she sees I'm doing it so that I can, right, get across what I'm really trying to get across, which is create. Not, I don't want, we're going to see, I don't want one plague. God could have teleported us out of Mitzrayim and took us straight to, to, to Eretz Israel. If he wanted to, he can do whatever he'd like. Right? But he doesn't want to do that. Right? So the Anich Bali Zibov has a purpose. Right? So this doesn't tell us necessarily, does this tell us anything about the process? Not necessarily. It doesn't tell us if he's controlling him totally or if he's creating some type of situation which makes it harder, but he's telling us the reason. Well, right. sort of though. He says, I'm, I'm, I wanna, I'm going to harden his heart. And the implication he's saying, I'm going to harden and I'm going to be able to do all these. Miracle, so it's like Hashem knows what the outcome is going to be of him hardening his heart, which means that he did take away his free will because he knows what he's going to do. Or, I'm just saying. No, you're right. It's po- you could or, be correct. I mean, or, he knows that Paro already would choose to behave in a certain way, and he's just reinforcing that decision. Or, can you read in Rochelle's reading to the pot to any of the book in here? I would argue maybe in source number two, by Niyak Shas Leif Paro, Viherbasias Oso Saibes Mo Saiba Eretz Mitzrayim is not, I'm going to be Achazek, I'm not going to strengthen Paro's heart in order that I can bring Oso Samovsim. Maybe I'm going to strengthen his heart by bringing all of these signs and miracles. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's part of the, a different way to read it. I don't know. Um, okay, I do know a little bit because I said it. But then he would never let them go bit. if that was the case. But, Why would he ever let them go then? If the point was. So, so at a certain point, right? No, no, you're right. So then, so well, so good. In theory, so, at a certain point, he could say, "Wow, this God is amazing. Look at what he could do." And Paro maybe could have had the opportunity to relinquish at some point to, say, you know, to then let it go at some yeah, point. Right. Ah, so let, say enough ah, so take a look. So fine. So now, 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 good, good. So you guys are really. Set us up here. So let's take a look now at we all that you've shown us. We were led down a certain yeah, direction right. at all. <laughs> this is what we do. We lost our Bechira. I lead you. I, yeah. <laughs> that was very good. I lead you down a path. But I want you, I, I'd rather you say it than watch the other people say it. Because you're going to see that they say what you say, which is important. Uh, look at the Ebenezer starts number four. The Ebenezer just raises the question, right? The Ebenezer raises the question of If Hashem... If Hashem did this to him, so what is he punishing him for? Right? That's the sort of the classic question. Power didn't do it. Hashem's hardening his heart. What do you want from him? What's the answer? Ki Hashem nasan Adam. Hashem gives people wisdom. Hashem 
gives people knowledge, right? And then he places his heart in a certain direction. He gives him a, 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 a brain to think, etc., an intellect, in order to take the experiences, the koach ha'elyon, to experience Hashem, to recognize spirituality, to do more good or to ignore it, right? So we're, we're have to see what that means as we move forward, right? But the Ibn Ezra seems to be saying that, what, what do you think that means at least at first? So what, what do you want from Paro? Hashem hardened his heart anyways. This is a little bit different question. Why he's punished? It's a little bit different question. But we're going to see it's, it's related. How would you understand this so far? It's a, it's a little like esoteric. I really brought it for the question. But yeah. Hashem planted in him, in Paro, the ability to choose good and greatness. And? And he's not doing that. He's not doing that. He's choosing... So it's, clo- it's a, cl- a little bit similar, sounds like, to what the, what the Ramban himself says about this question. And the Ramban asked this question. Also, look at source number five. Right? If Hashem hardened his heart, then what, what did he do wrong? There's two answers, and both of them are correct, says the Ramban. Right? The question is, Hashem told, told Abram Avinu, right? I'm going to send you to a foreign land and they're going to be terrible to you and they're going to punish you and do terrible things to you. You knew it. That, that was already selected already. So what do you want from, from Paro? He didn't do anything wrong. And Hashem forced him. So what do you want from him? And the answer is no, because Paro, in his Rishos, with what he did to Israel, he did extra. Because of this, because of this, if, if, if Hashem... No, no, not he should have done Shuvah. Because he was so bad, power be Risho. Let me, let me crystallize the question. I didn't say it clearly enough. The question that Ramban is asking, I'm not asking about the, the question of, there's a different question he asked, about uh, the bris beta basarim. Hashem promised this was going to happen, so what do you believe in the midstream? That's not the question here. The question here is, Paro, Hashem said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hardly start. In fact, Hashem said it before Moshe ever spoke to Paro. He took the privilege of Chuba away from him. Ah. So if he, if he's, if, but if Hashem already predicted or already decided, forget predicted, decided that power is not going to be able to, to, to withstand it, right? that he's just going to say, or he won't be able to withstand it because he's going to force him to. So what do you want from him? Let him go. No, I won't let him go. But you made me like, you, 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 you took away from me the ability to let them go. Right? So what's the problem? So, so that, that's terrible. Every person can do tshuva. Tshuva is a privilege. I mean, we'll have to see. But we, we, we're all able to do tshuva. So what's going on here? So the answer is that power was so bad that Hashem took away Nitzchayev named Noah Mimenu Dark Yeshuvah. Hashem took away from him, from him. the ability to do tshuva. Okay. That, that opportunity was stricken from him. It was taken away from him. Right? He wasn't given that opportunity. Every person is allowed to do tshuva. Every person, no matter how terrible they are, no matter what terrible things they've done, every person can do tshuva. So then how, how can Empire do tshuva? The answer is he, he crossed the line. He crossed the red line. He crossed the point of no return. Does that the, maybe, with any other yeah, we have some other people like Sichon. There are some other people who were told about who, who have the same, similar thing happen to them. That at a certain point, Hashem says, sorry, no more. Like, I, I gave you the choice. I gave you the option. And you have refused to come back. And now you're done. So, t- so let's keep going. Right? He says that there are other examples like this. He's judged based on his original intentions. And by the way, if you take a look at the Pesukim carefully, 
it's not, there's a very specific grammatical difference. The first four or five um, makos, it says that, Hashem, that, that paro is vayechazek lev paro. Right? And only later does it say vayechazek Hashem as lev paro. Right? That at the beginning, paro has the opportunity to let them go. He refuses. And then once he's refused, Hashem says, sorry, Charlie. Now we're done. Now cruise control. Now you, you've lost the chance. And, I, and I'm, gonna take, I'm taking you over. Um, this is probably one of the most classic answers. Is that literally, yes, Hashem took away his he no longer could choose, but that was a, that was a punishment. That because itself. That action is so egregious. Like, Sichon, like, it was so... So bad. Bad. Like that. It was so bad that... But, but by the way, he's still... It's, the implication... Well, you, could, you can tell me what you think. If he's saying he never got a chance to do tshuva, or if... He had a chance and didn't and didn't and didn't grab it and he and he lost the chance anyway. It's hard. It's a hard answer. I feel like I've heard it though. Like it's not literal necessarily, right? Like if if you keep doing something over and over again, you put it on yourself. It's like harder for you to do too. But like it makes it almost impossible. It's not that Hashem is like literally not allowing him. Like you could understand it kind of like more figuratively. But like almost, it was almost as if. He couldn't do it. Chazal say that, that, that when a person does an Avera, so over and over again, Nasus Lokaheter becomes like it's permissible, you don't get like the first time, right? The first time you're going to do something you're not supposed to do, so you're like you're shaking, right? And like, how about the second time, it's still a little bit. But the third time, and the fourth time, and the fifth time, so all of a sudden it doesn't bother, doesn't bother you anymore. Um, but I don't know that that's what Ramban is saying. It sounds like Ramban is saying something much more severe, right? That he took it away. Um, and usually, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really sound like, if you, read it, if you read it just as it is, it sounds like what he did was so bad, tshuva wasn't a choice for him. And that's a thing. I mean, it's a thing here. Right, like that bothers I feel like... I thought that was a basic tenet that like, no matter how bad anything you do... Can't you kill somebody and do teshuva Let's go one at a time. I'm glad. I'm glad that this is your response. This is exactly what I was hoping for. So let's go one at a time. So Cindy, you're bothered because... Just the whole idea of tshuva, I just always thought that like no matter how bad anything that you did, you could always kind of do tshuva. It's going to be okay. you did. <laughs> yes. No, so oh, good. So what's a possible answer to Cindy's question? Cindy's answer is a really important question, which is, seriously? I thought, I thought like I could do really, like, not that like you, you don't do it that on purpose. Can't cross, right? So yeah. this Ramban does sound like, wrong. and by the way, a lot of times I you. said it in a way that I think is not, I think I'm not being fair to the actual language of the Ramban, because I always said this idea before, or heard of this idea and thought of this, and I quoted it as the Ramban, that it's, at the beginning he had a chance to do tshuva, and then he went too far, and once he gave up that chance, Hashem took it away. That's not what the Ramban says. The Ramban says the more troubling thing, it sounds like, right? Because he was so bad, did such bad stuff, that he was chayav livnom in menu He didn't have a cho- chance. He never got it anymore. I mean, again, at some point he could have decided like, to, to, to retreat if he wanted to. But it sounds like from the beginning of the time that Hashem starts to talk to him, the power start, that Moshe starts to talk to him, he's already done. He's already lost the choice. It sounds like that. And that's very troubling. What, so what's one possible answer to Cindy's question? What about like, 
Is that true? All of us? Like we could do something so bad that we're never going to do tshuva? No, so I'm saying different standards for B'nai Yisrael. We always have the ah. option to do tshuva. Okay. And people who are accountable only to Shabbat Mitzvot B'nai Noah. Okay, you can make a difference between Jews and non-Jews. That's possible. Yeah. What, what else could you say? I mean, something, still you said it a little bit. Like, there's, there's like certain, like Yechide Skula, right. <laughs> like special Rishayim that right. have done such hard, like, like you can, like you can list them like on, a, on one or two know, hands. Circa 1940. Yeah, like certain people, like right, now, certain people. You know, I mean, this, this, there, I'm actually reading now, I'm reading, the, I'm reading a book now called The Sunflower. Anybody read The Sunflower? Yeah. Right? So The Sunflower has this terrible story about this, you know, it, it takes a long time to get to the, to the point at the beginning, but uh, I almost dropped it before I started, but I like it now. But he gave a long time, basically the story is, there's a, the this is, sorry, it's, it's uh, what's his, it's, what's his name? Uh, no, it's um, Wiesenthal, uh, Simon Wiesenthal, Simon Wiesenthal. So he basically, he was, uh, he was like a prisoner in one of the camps, sort of a worker in one of the camps, and he gets brought to a Nazi who's dying. And the Nazi describes him a horrible scene, a absolutely horrific, horrible thing that he was involved in. I'm going to describe it. Terrible, horrible. And he's and this and the Nazi is about to himself about to die now. He got hit by a mortar shell or something. He's going to die, and he basically is asking for tshuva to do tshuva for what he did. Um, and we thought like can't you know whatever. But that becomes the, the setting, setting of the book forever. Is he asks all these other philosophers, these great thinkers, what would you say? To the Nazi who asked you, right? So, <laughs> Bond might say, sorry, <laughs> too much, too egregious. For some people, it's too egregious and you didn't lose the chance. That's hard. This doesn't, don't worry, this isn't the only answer. But that's one answer. Okay, this is the second answer. Okay, so the second answer says Ramban, no, only half of them were because of his right, punishment. Okay, this is the Ramban that I'm used to quoting, right? No, but only the first one is right? Only the beginning. At the beginning, he could, he had the choice. But when he wanted to send them out, he didn't want to send them because he wanted to believe in Hashem, right? He didn't, he didn't, want, he didn't send them for that reason. When he started to become too hard and he couldn't handle it anymore, at the beginning, he was able to hold on. Paro, at the beginning, he strengthened his own heart because he, he was so angry, he hated God that much. Right? But at the end, the last five, so he, it was too much for him. Can you imagine holding on still through all that? He couldn't any, hold it on anymore. At that point, after the first five, power would have let him go. And Hashem said, sorry, bucko, I want 10. I need 10 because I want to show Mitzrayim and I want to show the Jewish people and I want to show our children forever all 10 makos. So Hashem holds on to him and doesn't let him go, even though he was ready to, he was ready to, 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 to let us go because at that point Hashem needed to, to do what he wanted to do. And that it wasn't like a punishment, it was like a taking away his free will, basically so he could make use of Paro. At that point, right? But in, in that sense, power is not punished for the last five, right? for the fact that he didn't let him go. Hashem just made use of him. You like that one, huh? I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Go ahead. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that really bothers me because, like, we know Hashem is like we said, like to think of Hashem as like Rachamim and 
caring about everybody, non-Jews and Jews, and to say, like, Par was ready to do tshuva, and here he is, his heart has softened. Oh, he's not ready to do tshuva, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. or his, his heart has softened, and he... Softened in what way? But why is his heart softened? He just wants to make he, it just stop. Just, just stop. make the pain stop. Okay, but... Not because he loves Hashem. Okay, but still, like, I don't need to know his intention. Right. Like, it's fine. Like, we don't, we say that, like... Down like, a cup, like, cup, some pile. You know, pillow cup, like, right. cup, whatever. So... Let him do the right thing in a little cup. Right, exactly. So, like, if he wants to let them go, and Hashem's like, ah, actually, I'm going to use you because, like, to make myself look more powerful, like... Me, that mm-hmm. well, well, how could you explain that though in a way that fits better with maybe the first shot also? Mm-hmm. That it was that Paro was out of time. Paro, you know, had had like done what he needed to do, and Hashem like, says, "Sorry, I'm taking away your free will, right, right. and I'm gonna I'm gonna make use of you, and it'll it'll two kill kill two birds with one stone, right?" That Hashem says, "I got things I got to take care of here like, for like, Amuna for the like, rest of the, my Hashem nation." Didn't need him to like make his mer- like. Hashem wants to make his miracles known. He could do it another way. He okay, you have to make use of Pyro. Okay, interesting, interesting. Okay, so a couple of answers so far. Both, both answers which, uh, you know, bring us some challenge. So let's keep going. By the way, I'm not sure I'm going to give you any answer that won't give you some challenge, by the way. This, this is a challenging topic. So let's keep going. Shmos Rabba, source number six. Still on the first page. This is going to be an opening, says Rabbi Yochanan, for heretics. They're going to say, oh God, you don't let people do tshuva. So close their mouths of the heretics. Okay, Ella. If you want to make, if you want to find, it's always true, right? If you want to find people who are going to attack, attack Judaism, they'll find their way to attack. Hashem warns a person one time, two times, three times, and he doesn't do tshuva. And he eventually, at some point, he uh, locks the gates. In order to punish him. Five times Hashem uh, warns him. Right, so this is a similar idea, and the truth is the, 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 the longer version of the Ramban quotes this this medrash also. That basically he had the chance, but because he gave up the chance. Now he, uh, now he loses it. So it wasn't like Hashem doesn't accept you for tshuva. It's at a certain point, at a certain point you lose a chance if you, if you wait too long. Um, it's fascinating that, Rishal, you brought it up, the fact that it's Rishal Lakish who says this, the Mara's verse number seven, you want to see the English, it's interesting. interesting. Rishal Lakish was a, was, a, was a robber and he almost killed Rav Yochanan. Um, and he, right, Rav Yochanan, Rishal Lakish. So he almost killed Rav Yochanan. And, and it wasn't until, and, and, uh, and it wasn't until he decided to do tshuva, Rav Yochanan actually you know, said to him, hey, you know, Rishlokish, you're a sharp guy. Maybe you would do better than the base measures. And so he finally, he, he ends up becoming, you know, Rishlokish. You know, so of all the people who should be bothered by the lack of opportunity to eventually do tshuva, even many, many years later, right, Rishlokish should have been that guy. And nevertheless, he's not bothered that Kodesh Baruch Hu Paro laid down the hammer at some point and took away his choice. Fine. The Barbanel in Source number 8 though, gives a different, different explanation. He says something different. As, as usual, the Barbanel is very long-winded, so I took a very small part of the Barbanel, even though this looks long. It's a very small 
percentage of what he writes. <clears throat> so he always gives like a hundred questions and then he gives a bunch of answers. This is his third answer to the question. Hachuva hagimel via yosen achona beina. This is the one I like the best, says the Barmanel. Shein inyan koshi halev haniskar beparo besichon shehashem yisbarach hita eslavavo. This is not what Hashem... It doesn't mean this. Barmanel says, stop it. There's no such thing. God does not take away anybody's free will. Hashem never took away power's free will. That's not what happened. Kihukoshi levavo be'etzem. Right? It's not... It's... 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 it's a, you know, a hardening of his heart, you know, fundamentally and on his own, but you'll see what it means. Aval hayakoshi levavo nimshach and it doesn't mean literally that Hashem hardened his heart made it impossible for him. It was the process of the makos that had an impact on him. Why? Right, he sees the makos. How long did each makos last? You know? One week. Each makos leads for a week. And Paro would, and Moshe would warn Paro for three weeks. You warn them for three weeks, and then it would last for one week, and then three weeks, and then one, they'd last one week at a time. Don't get me wrong. Any one of them for one hour would be horrible. But one week at a time, and then they would go away for three weeks, right? And the, the human mind is pretty amazing, right? So what would happen? He'd see Makas Dam, vicious and then he'd see it go away. Vlohismida Chashav Dilvavo, Shlohaisa Maka, Hahid Devarilokim. Say, ah! Yeah, remember that thing from like two weeks ago? Like, uh, that, must, that was crazy. That must have been like something else, right? Eladavar TV, right? So it must be something else. And then he sees the frogs. And then it goes away again. It didn't stay and stay and stay. And that's what it means. Right? He saw what was happening, but each time. It gave him an opening. Basically, it's almost the opposite shot. Instead of Paro having his free will taken away, the process of bringing Makos and taking them away opened the door for Paro to... Do tshuva. The opposite. Oh, yes. Yes, to do tshuva. Yes. But what, but, but, what, what did he do instead? He would deny it. It gave him the chance to deny it each time, and he would take the beat each time and deny it. So you're right. It was like an opening to tshuva, but also an opening to allow him to deny it. Because if you would just, if Hashem would just hit pedal to the metal the whole way, right? Boom, dam, so I can't just forget it. Just get him out of here. I'm done, right? Which he does at the end. Right at the end, he just says, "Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out." I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Not because he's a big tzaddik now. Right, but he just, it would like overwhelm him to the point where, by the way, he wasn't choosing tshuva either at that point. He's just so tortured that he's re- releasing them, right? So the process, says the Barbanel, he was machbedes libo by giving him the opportunity each time to deny what he was seeing. The, uh, the third line of Kasher ra karkach makas asfradeya v'shesar miyav lo smida. Sorry, oh sorry, I read that right. Um, so look where it's bolded, right? Vihinei vihinei imkain lo haisa sibas koshi lev paro ki im riboy hamakos v'asaratan. Right? It was that Hashem saying, "I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, Moshe. I'm going to bring him and I'm going to take him away and bring him and take him away, and it's going to make him nuts. It's going to make him crazy. But it's going to make him so crazy that he's going to he won't be able to 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 let up." 
It still says that for the first five, at the end it says, So what's going on? So he has to, so everyone's got troubles. This is much better for theologically, right? Theologically, we like this better because he's not, or maybe we do, because he's not forcing him, right? But it's got a different problem in the, in the Psukim. Because what happened by Chazik Hashem Yosef Paro? So he's going to say, Ki ani achbari eslibo, ain in yano sha Hashem hiksha eslibo umina'o me'asos mitzvah. Chalila, chalila, he says. Can't be that Hashem took away the opportunity for him to, do, to, do, to, to make his own choices. El shenosan bo osan ha'makoshi mipneim balibo lidei koshi v'kabdos. He placed the atmosphere Right, the surroundings, the experience, in a way that made it very difficult for him to, to, to let it go. But if he really wanted to, if he really wanted to, he could have. He could have. He still had the opportunity. Hashem made it hard for him, but he could have if he wanted to. How do you like this one? Better or worse? Better. You like it better. Why do you like it better? I mean, I, I like the idea that I think doesn't take away his free will. It's like creating, like it's kind of like what I was saying before. So it like fits with my line of thinking. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, like it creates, he's like creating a framework for him. Like, right? Like God puts things in your way all the time or things that are happening and Paro still could have chosen. You could argue actually the opposite. Like, like you're saying before, had Hashem made it like so impossible for him, it's almost like he took away his free choice because it's like so hard that he's going to just let it, like let them go. So in this case, he's just create, setting up a situation. It's still Paro's choice. Um, and he's just not like, allowing him to go because well, that's his choice. It almost sounds like the Avarnal saying that Hashem set it up this way because he knew it would be impossible for Paro to deal with it. So isn't he still taking away the free will by making it that impossible? I don't know. I feel like everybody... Like, you can always say that. Everybody has struggles or different things. Like, this was a hard situation, but Paro, I guess, could have, like, got, gotten past it. Like, God always, I feel like that's, like, a philosophical, that's a philosophical question. Like, God always knows what you're going to choose when he gives you something difficult. But it's, like, still your choice. Right. Like, but he knows he what will happen. set it up so that way the outcome would be what he said was going to be the outcome. You can strengthen all these in that he promised that this was going to happen. So clearly he knows Paro's nature. Obviously he knows all of our nature, right? He knows Paro's nature and he sets it up in a way that Paro w- won't be able to go against his nature and he's going to dig in because of it. So in a certain sense, he's sort of manipulating his free will rather than taking it away. Yeah, I mean, he declares in the beginning, right? So, so is it any? Is it different then? The Barbanel clearly thinks it's different, because he says Chalila Vachas to say that Hashem took away his free will. So presumably, I have to say, I, I think your point's a very, very good point, right? I agree with both of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's, I think it's true, right? It's just a manipulation of what Hashem already knows about him, right? So, why is that any different? Right? Hashem isn't actually. So the Barbanel clearly thinks there's still, it's still less theologically problematic, because that's clearly what the Barbanel is bothered by. Right? But all the Rishonim are bothered by it. This can't be. Right? So basically, we have two answers to this can't be. The answer is, yes, yeah, like, this is super, super unusual. 
It can, it usually can't be, but Hashem decides in certain unusual circumstances or no, it, it's unusual circumstances, but it, Hashem is still unwilling in a certain sense to fully take it away. Right, just take it away. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. Do so you guys disagree? That's good. No. <laughs> then you could say like, "Oh, well, why should I even bother?" Like, God knows I can't de- do this. I can't deal with this. Like, why should I even bother? God. I feel like if then that God takes away. That, then I <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's. I think it's. I think it's actually very interesting because it's sort of two paths to basically the same. Out- it is the same exact outcome. Uh, because we're talking about one outcome. But it's two passes to the same outcome, which for some, for, for the Rabbana, it's like, no, no, no. Like, you got to say it this way. Right? You can't say it the other way. That's impossible. How can't say Hashem took away his free will. And, and other says, like, what are you talking about? It's the exact same thing. But clearly, the Rabbana doesn't think it's the exact same thing. Right? He thinks that there's a value to the fact that Hashem left him with the choice if he wanted it. Right. There's nuance to saying, I made the choice that much more difficult and saying, I took it away entirely. Mm-hmm. But if it's right. a foregone conclusion, no matter what, then what's the, I mean, it's But God semantics. always knows what the conclusion is. That's the thing. Meaning, right. God, God knows what every choice that each of us, if, if God decided to pay attention just to each one of us individually in the course of today, he knows exactly how each of our days are going to go. So God always knows what the conclusion is. So the fact that maybe it would have happened had he not made it more difficult for him anyway, and... If I would have known they were going to head in this direction entirely, I would have brought the, that Rambam, right? The Rambam asked, the Rambam asked this question. The Rambam says, how could it be? That is my favorite. Favorite. I don't know so many Rambams. So that's why it's my favorite. But the, 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 the Rambam says, he asked this, this question. This is a philosophical question that bothers the whole world and doesn't bother me because I don't know philosophy well. So that if, if God knows what I'm going to do, how do I have free will? So what's, right. what the, the non-philosopher in us says, who cares? I get to choose. Hashem knows, but I get to choose. But for some reason, like the philosophers don't like that. They, if, you, if Hashem knows, that wasn't free will. So the, so the, uh, the, the Ravid goes crazy on the, I've put this in the show before. The Ravid goes crazy on the Rambam. And he says, what are you asking questions? You don't have, oh, and the Rambam says, I don't know. The Rambam says, I don't know. So the Ravid goes crazy. He says, what are you doing? He goes, why are you asking questions you don't have answers to? Right? What are you doing? Make everybody, turn everybody into heretics. So the test of Mishnah, who's there on the page, they're all on the same page. They're all talking <coughs> centuries apart from each other. Test of Mishnah says, what are you talking about? He's the test of Mishnah is also the base Yosef, same person. So, so he says, no, that's exactly, the Raman did as a chesed. He said, the Raman wanted to show the world that you can ask questions and not have the answer, and that's okay. So, so that didn't really answer your question. But, but, but the bottom line is, yes, yeah, right, God knows anyway. So many God sets it up, and he sets it this way. Again, there's, there's also, why did God do this? Because he wants us to, to study it later. And to, and, to, and to question this idea of free will and how does it work, and how, right? So that's probably part of it also, right? And, this, and the idea of what's going to happen with those, with those plagues and that we need them to talk to our children about, to know that God does not just create the world. Anochi Hashem lokecha is not Anochi Hashem lokecha asher barashi shamayim varetz. And Hashem doesn't say, I'm the Lord your God who, who created the world. He says, Anochi Hashem lokecha asher utzitzich hameretz minsrayim. I'm not the God who just created the world. I'm the God who who manipulates nature. I didn't just create nature. I can, I can do what I want with nature whenever I feel like it. And I do it every single day, right? I was reading the book with Mike Gavriel. We were doing the, the Makos, you know, the Parsha book during parent-child learning. So we got 
he saw the blood, so we had to go to the next parsha. So, so he's at the hill, and he looks at the hill. He goes, "Abba, how could there be fire and water in the same?" He said it out loud. How could there be five fire and water in the same thing? How is that possible? So I said, because Hashem could do, Hashem makes fire and water like that, and He put it together. Right? So, meaning, the purpose of that whole enterprise was so that. 4,000 years later, we're still teaching it to our kids. So he wanted, to, he wanted this to happen so we continue to learn the lesson and talk about it. How he gets there, he wants us also to talk about, presumably. Um, but, it, but, it, but it caused problems for us because we know and we do believe that we do have the opportunity for Shiva whenever we want. I want to show you, okay, I wanted to show you the Rav um, just very fast and I'm running out of time. So the Rav says in source number nine like this, Egypt was the prime manufacturer of cotton, linen, and other products. Slave labor enabled them to become wealthy and prosperous. They built massive storehouses and enjoyed a high standard of living. Paro knew that his country's prosperity rested on slave labor. Without the slaves, Egypt's economy would collapse. When Moses and Aaron appeared and demanded that Paro allow the slaves to leave, the fear of losing his enslaved workers forced Paro to refuse. Had God not hardened Paro's heart, he may have ultimately come to accept that although the economy would suffer temporarily without slave labor, ultimately the slave's departure would present an opportunity for even greater growth. For example, with the emancipation of slaves in America after the Civil War, a robust, a robust economy that did not depend upon slave labor increased America's strength and wealth. I'm not going to comment whether this is correct or not. I don't know. God never interfered directly with power's freedom of choice. He simply withheld this insight from power. That's what the Rav says. Fascinating. Right, that he didn't. Maybe sometimes Hashem doesn't, right, actually remove the ability from to, from to choose. But he didn't allow power to see the big picture. Wait a second, I could be okay. This could work out, all right. But power still stayed so obstinate that he couldn't get past it. Is this better or worse? The same? It's not the shot. It's not I mean, the shot. <laughs> it's not. That's okay. not the language of the psukim. It's. But you could say that with the last answer also. It was kind of bothering me about the last answer also. Like, how did the words that Akasha played Paro correlate with, like, I'm going to make it difficult for him to, like, believe this is God? Yeah, so I think, I think the answer to that is you're totally so what do we do? We got to read the text different, mm-hmm. right? So if we read the text different in a way that's not perfect. Now we theologically feel a little bit better, maybe. But now the text doesn't look so good. But whenever you have these textual, prop, a, a reading of the text that's problematic, so you, you can have, you're going to have one, or two, one of two problems, a textual reading that's problematic or a theological problem that's problematic. So the, the, the Barmanel says, I'll take the theological problem. I'll take, I'll take the textual problem to help me feel theologically better. Right? Maybe the Rav saying the same thing here also, right? That I, I, I can't accept certain things as the Pshat and the Pasuk because they go against everything else that we know in Judaism. So, so what do you say? That must not be how you read the text, right? The other direction is to say, no, this is what it says, so you have to deal with it theologically. So presumably that's going to be part of the answer there. But, but I think what's, what's interesting is we're going to you know, kind of finish up here. The Rambam ends up accepting this in Hilchos Tshuva, that there are times when a person goes too far and Hashem takes away their free will. But he lists the people. We're out of time, basically. But he lists the people. Sichon, Paro. I, I would presume he would li- like list like, um, you know, like Hitler, Stalin. Right? There's like few people like that, right? That would fall into that category. 
Um, and, and the point is, and I think this is the important point, and I, I heard it said this way, I forget it, I, sorry, but Golden said this, somebody else said it. We forget sometimes that tshuva, we've talked about this on Rosh Hashanah, you know, on Shabbat Shuvah a bunch of times. Tshuva is not logical. Right? When, when Yonah complains to Hashem about Nineveh, what does he say? He, and he yells at Hashem, I knew it, I knew you were going to let them go because you're Rav Chesed, you're, you're a Hashem Hashem, Kerachem V'chanum, Erech HaPayim Rav Chesed. And he doesn't no. say, Ve'emes, truth. And what's Yonah's name? Yonah ben Amitai, the Yonah, the man of truth. Yonah is so bothered by Hashem's ability to allow for tshuva because tshuva is not, it's not, it's not emistic, it's not justice. It's not correct. You've seen too many stories now. People getting these, you know, cases of people being convicted for things for a gazillion years for mistakes, right? That's Hashem, right? Justice, Hashem doesn't really work. He works with justice, but chesed and MS together, they don't really jive, right? And tshuva really is, and what the answer Hashem gives him is, tshuva is a chesed. Tshuva is not logical, right? Tshuva is an opportunity that Hashem gives to all of us, right? If that's true, he gives it to all of us, but maybe sometimes for some really horrible, horrific situations, Hashem says, actually, no. Which is problematic. It's maybe concerning to us, right? That for some individuals in the history of the world, certain evil people who did so much evil, Hashem's actually like, you know what? And by the way, it might just be, I still gave you 10 different times to do tshuva and you decided not to. And then I'm sorry, now it's time for me to do what I got to do. So it doesn't, I don't think, I don't think, I hope you don't walk out of here feeling like this issue is resolved. Because I don't think Chazal feels it's resolved. It's a problem. It's, it's challenging for us. But I think it helps us think about the concept of tshuva in general. And the gift and the opportunity it is that we, Bar Hashem, I, I, can, I feel pretty confident saying that all of us are, are okay. And the opportunity to, uh, to, to have that chance. Right? To, to, no matter how many times we get to go back. Um, certain individuals in certain situations, so that becomes the... But the, but the reason for the struggle in the Rishonim is because by everybody else is not that way. We know it's not that way. We know that we have un, unending opportunities right, to do tshufa. And it's because of that that makes them so, 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 you know, so bothered by all of this. But, it's, but it's, I'll leave it as an open question. It's something that needs to be thought about more and considered more, and there are more answers to this question. But at least now we've kind of like uh, opened the door to, to think about it in a more meaningful way and read these psukim in a way I think that maybe we didn't read them before. And not the way we read them when we first read it. Um, and you know, give us opportunities to decide what we like better. You can like the Barbanel better, you can like the Rambam better, but uh, you know, to think about it in a different way.